welcome back to another episode of the Michigan Poolside Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Davis. Alongside me, as always, is David Jolkevsky, the Bloomfield Hills High School head coach. We have a very special guest joining us today, Brad Jones, who served as the MISCA president for the past two years and is also the head coach of the boys and girls at Fenton. This episode, we will discuss some of the changes that have taken place during the last few months, how motivation is being impacted, and what changes coaches and players have had to make this season. Let's get started with discussing what it means to you guys that the girls' season has finally resumed and that the boys are planning to kick their season off starting January 15th. Go for it, Brad. Uh, I think, you know, I think just the idea that we're going to be able to finish the season the way the way it's supposed to end with a, uh, with the state finals. Uh, uh, most of us, uh, or a lot of us coach both boys and girls. And so, uh, not being able to finish last year, uh, last March of the boys season was, was certainly a, a very painful experience and not having to go through that again, uh, you know, certainly a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I know my, know my girls are looking forward to it. You know, the training has been a little bit tough and in and out of the water and the ups and downs, but they're definitely looking forward to, uh, that state meet. That's what they worked for all year. And, and that's what we're excited to go uh, compete in next week. This podcast is presented by Lawrence Technological University. Lawrence Tech wants you to recruit yourself. Just go to ltuathletics.com and click on the Recruit Yourself link. Academic and athletic scholarships are available in over two dozen varsity sports. Poolside is also brought to you by the Michigan High School Athletic Association promoting the value and values of educational athletics and by the Detroit Medical Center Sports Medicine and Physical Therapy Team. The DMC's Rehabilitation Institute of Michigan is the only freestanding rehabilitation hospital in Southeast Michigan solely dedicated to physical medicine and rehabilitation, providing hope and healing to patients for over 65 years. A new partner to join State Champs Network this week's is EA Graphics. As the exclusive partner of the MHSAA Championship Merchandise, EA Graphics has raised the level to commodorate and celebrate your distinguished season. You can order all of this championship gear for the recent state finals for golf, tennis, cross country, and soccer. To order all of your fall sport championship apparel, go to shopmhsaa.com. There will be new designs for the upcoming football, volleyball, and swimming and diving championships later this month. Check out shopmhsaa.com for more details. And before we get started, one last announcement. Applications are being accepted online all month long for this year's Michigan High School Male and Female Athlete of the Year Award. $1,000 in scholarship money will be given to six male and six female nominees. To apply, you need to be a first-team All-State athlete or projected to be in one of the spring or winter seasons. You will also need an overall 3.0 GPA, and you need to have exhibited some school leadership or had some community volunteer activity. The winners will receive an additional $5,000 in scholarship money, and all nominees will attend a red carpet gala in downtown Detroit in May. To apply, go to DACAthleteoftheyear.com or click on the banner on our homepage at statechampsnetwork.com. You cannot be nominated if you do not apply. The application deadline is February 1st. 
So every episode, we are bringing listeners different news about the COVID regulations and discussing how the players and coaches have adjusted to these changes. Brad, you serve as the MISCA president and were recently awarded the Division II Girls Swimming Coach of the Year. So for both of you guys, the girls had their season shut down just one week before the state meet. And then just a few weeks ago, the governor lifted the regulations, allowing the girls to get back in the water and plan to compete January 15th and 16th. After watching the girls go through all of these changes, the motivation levels have to be all over the place. What have you two done as coaches to keep your girls motivated? I, I think for me, you know, just letting the girls have a little bit of fun. Um, you know, they're, they're excited to be back together and on the pool deck. And there's only four girls on, on our state team, but just trying to let them have a little bit of fun. You know, practices are a little bit longer than I'd like but they're having a good time. You know, we've got some music going and, and stuff like that. So that's been real helpful. You know, we've tried to be honest with them too, you know, just talking to them about, about everything that's going on and all the changes. Um, so they understand, you know, what could be happening. Um, and outside of that, you know, we just, just keep our, our eyes focused on the state meet. You know, we worked hard to get there. Our events haven't changed and you know, we just keep focusing on the hard work. Uh, I, for us, I, I agree with, uh, I agree with Z. I think, uh, I think we've tried to be a little bit lighter. Um, have a little bit more fun, let the girls know it's about them and the experience that they have, especially our seniors. Uh, it's very important for them, you know, our girls that are first timers at the state meet and then our girls that have been there every year, this is kind of how they want to end. And so, you know, that's kind of what we just said. It's not so much about times, but it's about that experience they've earned. And Brad, you've been coaching the boys and girls swimming and diving at Fenton for 31 years. You have some pretty awesome titles under your belt with 16 league titles since 2004, 213 dual meet victories, 17 all-state athletes, and three All-Americans. What has been the biggest contribution to your success as a coach? Um, without a doubt, the, the, the type of kids that we got, uh, I don't think... Uh, I don't think anybody joins a swim team with, with a lot of, uh, you know, uh, misconceptions about what we do. And I think the the culture that we have created, they know that they're going to practice twice a day and that the seasons are long and, uh, and tough. And I, and I think going into that or with, you know, with open eyes, uh, the type of kid that we get is, you know, they're, they're willing to work and they certainly buy into the, you know, to the culture that we have, and it makes it a lot of fun. So uh, I think most of our success is based on, you know, just we have great kids at Benton High School. And touching on all the changes that have happened this season, being in the position that you're in, Brad, serving as the president of MISCA, you've had to deliver a bunch of news and make very crucial decisions for the safety of the swimmers and their families. What has been your main goal while making these decisions? Uh, you know, as, as, as president, I, yeah, I do get to, uh, uh, I get to deliver some, you know, uh, some information that sometimes isn't, isn't popular, but uh, MISCA is run by an executive board that's made up of, uh, you know, some incredibly talented individuals. And so, you know, these decisions are always discussed at our executive meetings and, and, and the welfare of the swimmers first and our sport um, and, and how we can you know, best serve our athletes and our, and our programs. And so when we've got to decide on things, you know, it's, um, it's usually something that what's best for the kids first. And then, and then we move forward from there and, um, you know, and 
it's easy when you're surrounded by incredibly you know successful people and and, and that's our organization Brad, Brad's being a little bit humble there. You know, we, we do have a great group and in, in our executive board and everybody who volunteers their time does an awesome job. But um, on top of his coaching and his teaching and his family, he extended his presidency through this year to, to be that, you know, that person out in front for us. And he's done an awesome job. The communication he has on a weekly basis with MHSAA, a lot of people don't know how much time he's put into it. All right, he, he shares everything with our board. And he communicates with us on a daily basis. Some days we're having fun and joking on the text messages and other days we're, we're struggling with decisions, but um, you know, hats off to what Brad has done and, and stepping up and putting in one extra year. You know, I, I think when this is all done, um, a lot of people are going to be, you know, really, really thankful for what he did to, to get these seasons done and all the hard work he put in with MHSA. And touching on some more of your victories, Brad, you've also been named the Metro league coach of the year 10 times and the MISCA Coach of the Year five times, your team also won this year's Metro League Championship. What is your greatest accomplishment so far as a coach? Uh, um, 31 years. Uh, I think that's the. I think that's it. Uh, you know, uh, certainly the, the, the Coach of the Year, the State Coach of the Year is probably the highest honor, you know, that I've ever received and incredibly humble uh, to be selected. But, you know, over the years, I think, the accomplishment is that the relationships that that we've been able to build um, go beyond graduation. Uh, my athletes, um, I love going to weddings and I love getting pictures of kids and uh, being involved in their lives after swimming is done. To me, that is, is probably the greatest accomplishment. And as David just said, you chose to extend your presidency. We just talked about your time as a swim coach. And then you decided to become a president just about two years ago. What persuaded these decisions? Uh, again, um, it, it's a lot of time, but it, it's a very supported position. Um, and uh, again, uh, you know, to be on, uh, to be nominated, uh, and for our organization to have faith that that I could carry out the you know this task and do it was was very uh, was very exciting and. Um, and so the decision to, to, you know, to extend it was, you know, based on it's such an uncertain year and, you know, changing, obviously in any organization, um, uh, it just seemed like it would be better for us if we just, you know, kept plowing through the way we're going and then, you know, we were having some success doing that. And so right now it's, we're really close and we're hoping that, uh, you know, we get through this uh, this next week, and we can start boys, and you know, take a deep breath, and and maybe maybe some sense of normal. At this point, we're all hoping for normal. <laughs> and before we continue, I talked about how you can recruit yourself to Lawrence Technological University. Here's more. If you're a high school athlete with the dream of playing college sports, Lawrence Technological University wants you to recruit yourself. LTU offers over two dozen varsity sports for men and women, along with several dozen world-class undergraduate programs. Athletic and academic scholarships are available in all sports, including its newest additions, competitive cheer and dance, e-sports, women's hockey, and men's and women's track and field. Visit LTUathletics.com and recruit yourself. Lawrence Tech, where Blue Devils dare. Welcome back. We talked earlier about motivation and how the boys and girls have faced a lot of setbacks during this hard time. Have you seen these setbacks used mainly by your athletes as motivation 
or has it begun to discourage the swimmers as time has gone on? You know, it's been a little tough. You know, I'm not going to lie to say the kids weren't discouraged as we've gone through this. Um, you know, we kept saying it over and over again. We we're five days out and, you know, we, we respect the decisions of, of those folks in Lansing and everything that MHSA has done. But yeah, it, it's been a little discouraging, but I think as coaches, and we've heard it a few times on the podcast from, from some of our other guests is you got to get creative. You got to be flexible with what's going on. And, you know, we started to turn around as much as we could. And, you know, a lot goes to, to the kids too. You know, they've, they've adapted to, to this environment of learning at home and doing, you know, Zoom workouts and stuff like that. So they've, they've adapted as well. So, you know, on, on one end, yeah, I, th- I think we've, we've gotten a little discouraged, but we bounce back because we love the sport. We love what we do. And we know that everything we've done, you know, for the last few years is, is going to pay off. So um, ups and downs on both ends. Oh, it definitely. Uh, and I think, I think the hardest part was, you know, trying not to, to show your athletes that, that as coaches were discouraged and frustrated and, and, and continually trying to, to say things that it's going to be okay, or we're going to get through this and, and, and being creative. That's what, you know, we, we talked about several times. I'm getting really um, running out of ways to deliver bad news, uh, you know, and, and try to turn it around and say, there's a silver lining someplace, but he's absolutely right. The kids are so resilient. Um, you know, they've adapted to all of these hurdles and, and these rules uh, faster than, than I think we as coaches do. And so a lot of times uh, it's just the opposite. I look to my, to my kids for motivation because, you know, they're just, they roll with the punches sometimes better than we do. And, and that's kind of what we have, we've been doing. And when we, got permission to go back and we sat down as a team and said, is this what we want to do? And the girls said, yep, you know, we've come this far. Let's do it. Interesting because you guys have been through this so much and they haven't. So you guys are having to make these changes and the seniors and stuff, they've experienced a little bit of it, but it's a lot different changes for you guys, even sometimes more than them. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I, I, I see them, like Brad said, they're resilient. You know, we've, uh, I don't know. We've got the the time, the 31 years or the 22 years of coaching. And there's a few extra things that, you know, I think we see that maybe they're not, um, but they just want to have fun. They want to race. They want to compete and and they go out there and get the best out of it. And when they're in those opportunities, it's it volumes about the characters of our, our athletes and our kids. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, and one of the things that, you know, I, when we talked to our girls, I said, you know what, you know, as coaches, we're going to be back next year you know, and the next year and the next year. I mean, but, but you guys get four years and, and you seniors, this is it. And so, you know, for us, it was, it doesn't matter what it looks like. We have to take advantage of it because you get one year, you know, you get one senior year and that's, let's, let's make it on our terms. And and there's so many things right now that we don't have control of, but, you know, we said we do have control of this to some degree. And, and so we're going to do it. High school swimming is always about good sportsmanship. It's a motto the MHSAA wants to reinforce across all sports. Listen to this. Sportsmanship has never been more important between the lines in athletics and outside those lines in our communities. To listen, to respect, to understand, to practice common decency, to have competition without contentiousness. Sportsmanlike qualities are essential components of life itself. 
Let's all work together to not only be good sports, but good people. A message from the Michigan High School Athletic Association, promoting the value and values of educational athletics. Welcome back to Poolside. Beyond all of the COVID regulations, such as having to sign forms before entering the pool, while being extra cautious about distancing and keeping everybody healthy, what has been the hardest part of the COVID season to adjust to as a coach? Brad, do you want to go first on this one? <laughs> What's been the hardest to, you know, I trying to keep our athletes apart, you know, the nature of our, uh, you know, uh, you know, before practice, after practice in the lanes. Um, I mean, we're not a contact sport and we're not on top of each other, but, you know, they congregate constantly and, and, you know, expressing, you know, how important it is that they maintain six feet when they're stretching or when we get out of the pool. And that's just, they're social beings and they love being together and, and keeping them apart. has been the hardest part. Yeah. You know, for me, I, I've seen it. I, I've seen the, the relationships between the kids and even those relationships that I build with my athletes. Um, you know, our freshmen, you know, the first time we saw them was at about five in the morning with masks on and it was pitch black outside. And we've, we've had to build the team environment around that distancing, which is tough. You know, we had to give up team camp this year. We gave up a lot of those movie nights and bonfire nights and just even normal high school things like going to a football game on a Friday, you know, there were, we couldn't do it. And, and that did take away from, um, you know, our, our experience that, that, you know, you said those, these social beings, these kids that are just, you know, just love being together and working together. And, you know, as you start pulling away practices uh, to socially distance and put kids in little groups and spread them all around the deck and those little conversations don't happen. Um, walking down the hallway to practice wasn't happening after school because we had kids in hybrid and we had kids at home and um, just those relationships. Um, you know, I, I think you know, they, they weren't gone, but I, I think they were, they were hurt this year. Um, you know, we have a huge diving program. We had 16 divers this year and our divers had to practice two separate practices. And there was a point during the season where some of our girls were asking if, you know, these kids were from other teams because they hadn't seen them yet because they were practicing at different times. So um, it's, yeah, that was probably the hardest one for us. You know, just the, some of the fun stories that you have and um, just missing out on on that experience to have that social time and that fun time. um, That was a big one for me this year. Yeah, we had to we had to cancel our team trip as well, and that was that was probably one of the if you ask the girls what was one of the biggest disappointments is that missing that team trip. Yeah, yeah, it's it's tough. You know, our, our girls we used to you know you bring in pizza on a Friday night before they go to the football game, and even some of our kids that you know do band and a few of the other extracurriculars and stuff, you know, they were missing out on some of those things as well. They had to make some decisions and. Um, you know, but I, I think the big one is, you know, we just, we learned from it. We, we did everything we could. We adapted the way the best we could, and we'll, we'll try to make it back up. Um, you know, the, the time's lost, but doesn't mean we can't build the memories back up here. So we'll, we'll get back at it here in the winter and, and into the spring. And with negatives always comes positive. Brad, what positive changes have you experienced as a president this year? Serving for two years, you had a taste of what a normal president would do, and this year is a little bit different. You know what? I think that's a it's an easy question. Uh, our executive group, and I mean, we have just been one Zoom after another with school and with 
teaching on Zoom and in meetings, but uh, we started the summer getting together at five o'clock on Fridays. Uh, we jump in after every other meeting, you know, every MHSA meeting we jump in and, and the I really believe that we have never been more connected as, a, as an executive group than we are right now. And if I pick one good thing out of this, you know, all of these things, it is it is really the relationship that we have. You know, it was it was awesome to begin with. But we spend so much more time now communicating as a as an executive group, um, you know, that that's with me, without a doubt, the most positive experience. Absolutely. You know, I there, there were days where we were talking business and making tough decisions, but there was a lot of time we were just supporting each other. And, you know, our our little text group that we had has grown into eight or 10 guys and we're laughing and joking you know, and, and, you know, ribbing each other a little bit and, and just having some fun. And, and it's been great. Um, and I also think just some of the ideas, the innovation we've had, some of the, the thoughtful conversations we've had have been great to, to make our organization better and, and make the experience better for our kids. So yeah, I, I echo that hundred percent, Brad, it's been great this year. You know, Brad, we're talking a lot about, um, you know, motivating and stuff like that, but you know, you and I both know along with everybody out there listening, the training that goes in to what we do, the scheduling, you know, we're, we're very regimented in, in our time frame. and our girls went from a 16 week season to where we at 23 weeks. Yeah. How have you adjusted your training? And anything so, special you want to share? You know, I think that's probably the biggest conversation or that, you know, I've had with, with coaches is, you know, we got back in for two weeks and said, what are you going to do? You know, are you going to, you're going to build them up. Are you still going to taper? What are you going to do? And we've been fortunate that, during the shutdown, the majority of our kids continued to hang on and, and, and I mean, hold on to hope. And so they were able to find pools just to get some, you know, some level of conditioning. So we've been, you know, more fortunate than some, not as much as others, but, you know, our kids were able to maintain a, a good level of condition. So when we got back in last week, um, or, or, you know, uh, we weren't starting at zero and, uh, we just kind of picked it up and said, let's see where we're at. And uh, I think for us telling the kids that they are ready and that they, they have got the yards in. And uh, I mean, aside from my one poor girl in the 500, you know, to state meets a sprint. So, and being a time finals is to our advantage. You don't have to do it twice. You know, it, it's one and done. And I think we're just, I think the site sheet coming out today, did what we had hoped. I mean, people are starting to get excited for it. Now they're, you know, they're looking where they're seated and they're looking at the races and, and where we can finish and, and all of those things that we were supposed to do back, you know, uh, how many weeks ago, those have come back. And, and I think for us, it was just trying to convince our kids that you can still do all those things. Anything uh, special or anything you pull out of the bag here the last week, uh, those last six, seven practices? Uh, we put, uh, we put, we put tech suits on today. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we had an easy day yesterday and we put the tech suits on and, and put the equipment on and some fins and swam some, uh, some pretty unrealistic, uh, times today and, you know, to get the kids smiling and, you know, that's what it feels like to go, you know, 48 and hundred free. Yes. Nice. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, we left today with a smile and that was important. You know, they that's were good. laughing, joking and, uh, that way I would, we've never done that before, you know, just kind of said, all right, we're going to go. We went four fifties and four one hundreds and we let them wear tech suits and put fins on and paddles and snorkels and, and just 
go fast and they thought it was the best thing ever. So good, good. Yeah. We, we've been, we bust out the paddles. We got the cords out today too. So that's good. That's excellent. Um, switching gears, obviously the, the boys will fire up about a week from today. Um, and you guys are going to go from 16 weeks down to 10, no Christmas training. Um, I'm sure meets like every other day type of setup. What, what are you going to do special or how are you going to train your boys? Uh, so we've been trying right now with a couple of the boys coaches are combining our meets running no single, no dual meets. So if we can lump them together to eliminate, uh, those competition dates. So we're, you know, in some cases we'll have two or three days of, you know, a week of competition, trying to eliminate those just to get in as much practice time as we can. Uh, and I don't know how you go all the way up and all the way down with the, with the short season, um, we play it by ear and see what, see what happens. Um, the boys team is always a little bit different than the girls. We have a small pocket of boys that have trained year round and are still working out. And then we have some that, that said, wow, I haven't seen you since March. Uh, and those are always the, you know, those are always the interesting ones to see what happens. Um, do you, uh, you make any adjustments, uh, like with dry land training or weights or anything, or you, we're going to try to do it the same. Uh, uh, and that is, uh, we go, we do five mornings a week. Um, and, and two of those are in the weight room. Uh, and so I'm going to try to maintain that, uh, it's that we see that aren't in quite, you know, the, the condition aerobic condition that we want. Sometimes we forego weights until we feel like they're at a, a level where they can give up that extra, you know, that extra yardage in the morning. Uh, but I, right now we're going to try to just pretend things are normal uh other than adjusting our schedule you know we lost we lost our county meet uh you know we're assuming at this point you know we'll, we'll know a little more on sunday that uh what the crowds look like and and you know what the the fate of our uh you know our misca meet is and whether or not we can have these you know invitationals but right now it's just trying to adjust the season to to accommodate you know we've moved back our faster meets, you know, that we had scheduled uh, in January and really try to move those back a little bit to give our kids a chance to, to get in condition. We swim, uh, you know, we swim uh, Venus and, and McHugh. That's always a great try meet for us, but uh, you know, that was scheduled for Wednesday. We're probably not going to, you know, the Wednesday after we start, sorry, the Saturday after we start, we figured five days probably wasn't enough to swim that meet. So we moved that back to sometime in February, but uh, adjusting the schedule just to, to allow our kids some success. Uh, some of our conference meets that are a little, you know, uh, a little less competitive. We'll, we'll swim those early and, and then try to build into our, our tougher competition. And, um, as we get to the end of the season, Good. any last little bit of advice or news you want to share with us before we uh, head out? Uh, no, I know that the little side sheets have been uh, for both uh, for all three uh, divisions were posted this morning by the MHSAA. Uh, the timelines are set, and so if anybody has any questions, they can go to you know the MHSA website and, and take a look. And uh, you know we are uh, the testing has been going really well for everybody that that uh, has been reporting it to me and, and letting me know how it's going. And so you know we're hoping that uh, five more good days and, uh, and we get to get on deck together for the first time in a while. And I think that. I think the coaches are just as excited about being on deck with each other as the kids are. Um, I know I am. And, uh, you know, we want to, we want to end this season, uh, this girl's season on a, on a high note and then uh, and get into boys and you know, just keep moving forward. All right, everybody. Well, that's all the time that we have this week. 
Thank you so much for tuning in to the Michigan State Champs Poolside Podcast. This podcast is presented to you by Lawrence Technological University. Poolside is also brought to you by the MHSAA, promoting the value and values of educational athletics. And by the DMC's Rehabilitation Institute of Michigan, the only freestanding rehabilitation center in the Southeast Michigan, solely dedicated to physical medicine and rehabilitation. Once again, I'm your host, Sarah Davis, joined with my co-host, David Jolkevsky and the MISCA president, Brad Jones. Stay safe, everybody, and swim fast.